Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to the Milestone Pursuit Podcast. The podcast that brings you a number of things. It brings you conversations with the elites as part of our scheme to invest in underfunded British elite marathon runners. It brings you the occasional workout recorded on the run. And it brings you the recovery ramble where I run nice and easy around the stunning Epping Forest and talk about something that's on my mind. And today, it is Thursday, the 19th of May. We are again fueled by Chimney Fire Coffee, our kind sponsors of our niche and rustic podcast. And today we've got a recovery ramble. And it really builds on the last couple of podcasts, actually. Builds on the conversations we had around the Boston Marathon with Charlotte Perdue and some some other fine folk. Give that one a listen if you haven't already. And it builds on that because I've been thinking about the marathon. As I often do. So pivotal is it into my life. And it obviously feeds also off the previous edition where I talked about the top ten races my little lifetime a bit of self-indulgence so as I was thinking about the marathon and I think about how special the marathon is and that really comes through with the in the Boston edition from Charlotte Nat Annie Tracy and James all talk about their experience in Boston what it meant to them individually what they got from it and the marathon is special because it does special things. It gives us special feelings. It gives us things that you can't take away. Morning. Yeah. It gives us things that can never be taken away from us, I guess, once we've done it. And it's also great for the marathon, isn't it? There's loads of inspirational quotes around the marathon. If you do a Google search and inspirational quotes is off as I did for the marathon. Well, there's about a gazillion of them. But you need look no further than Emil Zatopek, the great Czech endurance athlete from the 40s and 50s, who won four Olympic golds, three of them in one in the single games. He won the only person ever to win the 5,000, the 10,000, and the marathon in the single Olympic Games as he did in Helsinki in 1952 he also broke 18 world records against a variety of different distances so he knew a thing or two about running and he said if you want to run run a mile 
if you want to experience a different life, run a marathon. Ain't that the truth? Properly life-changing the marathon. And I actually used that that quote and that sense at the beginning of the Marathon Milestones podcast program, which is something that's just launched a little bit of cross-promotion. I should probably do it in association with Chimney Fire Coffee. fueled by chimney fire coffee and that program really is designed to help people get the most out of their experience like I say marathon can be life changing it is life changing so we've got a long 21 week program of podcasts with sessions and chat all designed to help people get the most out of their marathon experience. Brought to you by Chimney Fire Coffee. Just a reminder on Chimney Fire Coffee, you can get 20% off your first order by using the code MPPOD20 on their website, which is Chimney Fire Coffee. Based in Dorking, sourced from all over the world. Oh yeah, in a fully sustainable way, investing back into the product. Amazing, and it's good coffee. So, go and buy some coffee. It'll help them, it'll help me, and it'll help you. So the marathon again, the marathon, the marathon, the marathon. So magical. My own experiences are that every race is unique, every race offers something different, every race builds something for you within your life over a longer period of time. From my first one and the pure hedonistic joy of crossing the finish line, knowing that I've done something that I'd long wanted to do that is hard to my fastest one which is all about challenging and pushing and seeing what's possible so many metaphors for life with the marathon I won't bore you with them today but what I will bore you with is why it's life changing and in my mind it's life changing two ways. The first way is the race itself. Now let's assume you're doing the London Marathon here. It doesn't have to be. But it's the glory of the day, the excitement, the way you get to think of yourself as a superhero the way others think of you as a superhero and the rush when you cross the finish line of a marathon is like little else in life there's probably loads of other things that are better than it 
but it is a unique experience crossing a finish line of a marathon. Glory, kudos, recognition, likes. Text messages galore. It's amazing. And it can give you a real sense of confidence about who you are, what you're capable of. That you're capable of delivering something that's hard to do, that not many people do do, and that you are special. So that's the first way. The race can be life-changing for all those reasons. The second way it's life-changing is through the training. It's through the consistency over a long period of time. Now, if it's your first marathon, it might be four or five months. If it's your 18th marathon, it might be 10 years. There's that consistency. And with that consistency comes resilience. Something we talked about in episode 71 of this amazing an insightful podcast brought to you by Jimmy Park Coffee. Now as you go through your training, whether it's that one block or multiple blocks or multiple years, you have to adapt. You get stronger as you go, but you get stronger by adapting to the training, but you also adapt within it. So if things are getting too hard, you pull back. You get a little niggle, you change your plan, or you change your goal. And that's what resilience is, remember. Resilience is about seeing adversity and adapting to it accordingly. Either by changing your plan or by changing your goal, whatever that context is. But it's also, the training is also about effort, isn't it? It's about working hard and I'm drawn here back to the values of the milestone pursuit patience, discipline and courage things that you need in spades to run a marathon and things that you develop in spades as well so patience, playing the long game being disciplined which is for me is about knowing what you're prepared to compromise on and what you're not in the pursuit of your goal. It doesn't mean a steadfast and gritty morning, a steadfast and gritty maintenance of a plan for the sake of it. It means being clear on what you're prepared to compromise on and what you're not. And then there's courage which is allowing your heart to overrule your head, particularly when things get tough, as they do in training of a marathon. What is the point? Why am I doing this? So we like to give ourselves reminders of why we're doing it throughout the training blocks. And if the race, the day, the crossing the finish line, gives you an aura of confidence, a kind of external demonstration of you as a human and what you're capable of. 
it's the training that gives you deep-seated confidence. You know, a sense that only you know what you've put in, how much you've grafted. And only you know how hard that was and how you got through it. Like I say, that gives you a good, strong, deep seat of confidence that you can take take out into the rest of your world, into the rest of your life. So that's the marathon. The marathon gives you that. The life-changing, the life-changing perspectives that come from both the race and the training. It's not one nor the other. It's both together that make the difference. And then, of course, that leads you down a, a little road that it's actually about in- extrinsic drivers and motivations and intrinsic ones. So I'm just going to go into that a little bit and talk about extrinsic and intrinsic motivations for a little while. Because I think they're important beyond the context of our running, but obviously they apply very much to marathon training. And the extrinsic, of course, is all about external validation for the things that you do. Now it's things like success being seen as scoring a goal or winning a cup final as East End Lions under nines are trying to do this weekend. It's the external validation for all the work they put in in training all winter. It's hopefully some glory on Saturday morning. It's that external recognition that it's the extrinsic driver. And that really, that can come from competition and it can be good for that, you know, pushing yourself on when you're in a race against somebody else and you're extrinsically motivated to beat them, to win the gold medal. I imagine Zatapec had that in spades as he was racing Gaston Reef. One of his arch rivals, stroke friends from, the, from his era. So in that sense, extrinsic motivation can be critical, very important to push yourself on. It also comes down to recognition and people seeing what you do and it being a validation as a state for all that hard work. So that's good. Some good sides of extrinsic motivators. Perhaps on the negative side extrinsic motivators can lose their value over time and social media is a really good example of that so one day you'll post something and it'll get 100 likes 10 likes depending on how popular you are in that particular in that particular social media channel whatever those numbers are you get that validation and next time 
you do the same thing, you get less. And so it goes on, unless you get faster maybe, in which case you start to pick up more. But they all become less valuable the more of them you get. And that can lead to two fairly corrosive behaviours. The first is perfectionism, where you're always trying to demonstrate progress, movement forwards, so you can continue to get the same amount of external validation, the same number of likes on your Insta post, or the same number of kudos on your Strava. And we've spoken before, we talked about imposter syndrome, that the other side of the coin of perfectionism is shame. And if you don't hit perfect, what does that say about us? How do we feel about that? In this world where we're seeking external validation, external recognition. I'm using social media, it doesn't have to be, it can be you know, in the workplace. It can be at your running club. And if we seek perfection and we fall short, we feel shame, we can, we can feel like we are not good enough. And that confidence that we get when things go well, that deep-seated confidence that I spoke about before, gets corroded pretty quickly. So that's the first. There's the more negative things that come out of the, the value of external recognition declining over time. The second is narcissistic behaviour. The self-involved search for external validation at the expense of all others. And we can see a lot of that some of our leaders we won't go into any depth on that feels like a subject for another day that is eventually where it heads into a level of self-absorption that becomes deeply unhealthy so we have to be careful with extrinsic motivation and another source of problems with extrinsic motivation is what happens when it's over and let's take the marathon again as an example we get all that glory and that kudos I always think about it as let's assume the race is on a Sunday on Sunday you're buzzing full of adrenaline loads of fatigue but you're still on an emotional high. The messages are coming in. The kudos is landing. The glory's there. The intrinsic is there too, but the extrinsic is kind of dominating. You then try and sleep that night, but can't because you're dreaming of your amazing day. Your legs are singing to you as well. Difficult to get comfortable in bed 
So you wake up on Monday, you're tired. But you're still on a big adrenaline high, big emotional rush. Still more messages coming in. More people to show your medal to. More people asking how you did. Loads of opportunities to feed the extrinsic beast. But by Tuesday, you're yesterday's news. No one else is interested anymore. And you're really tired now. Probably didn't sleep well the night before the marathon through nerves and anxiety. Probably didn't sleep well the night after the marathon for the reasons we just said. And you're on a you're obviously carrying huge amounts of fatigue through your legs and through your energy system. And it's starting to hit home now. And you have a little bit of an emotional crash. The post-marathon blues generally comes on, on the Tuesday. And it's really valid and normal to feel that. But it's also an example of what I mean by where do you go when the external validation is over? What happens next? And it can easily lead to depressive feelings. Another example of this is the well-cited troubles of some professional sports people when they stop being sports people. What happens then when they stop being sports people, something they've done all their life, they've craved the glory, not always obviously, but in some instances, they crave the extrinsic motivation of the crowd or the medals or the cups or the trophies or the paychecks. What are they left with at the end? So extrinsic motivations can be negative. They can be very short-term focused. They are also easier to get than intrinsic ones, easier to find. Which is one of the reasons I think that people, people go there. And let's be clear, we all do it. We are all seeking some external validation of some description or another. This is definitely not a judgement. But now let's, let's explore the intrinsic. That's the race, if you like, in our marathon training analogy. This is the training. Because that's the alternative, isn't it? That's where you go when it's all over. This is the thing to stop you from becoming perfectionist and ultimately narcissistic. Sort your intrinsic motivations out. But it's not easy. Now, intrinsic motivations are all about 
doing something for the pleasure of doing it. And let's be honest, running is not always pleasurable. Now often, the first 20 minutes of a run and the last 20 minutes or the last third of a run or a race are deeply unpleasurable. And we question our life choices. So doing that and establishing that level of intrinsic motivation is hard and it's very important. But it is better for the long term. It's better to create a more sustainable outlook to life. Whether that's whether you're changing careers, becoming a non-professional sports person, for example, or changing what you're doing for your life or changing your goals you're more likely to be able to do that with a focus on long term and sustainable progress rather than short term validation so Let's just unravel intrinsic motivation a little bit. Where does it come from? In my mind, there's a few sources for it. It comes from curiosity, wanting to see what's possible, what you can do, what another life might be like, or what something else might be like, what an event might be like, what training might be like. So being curious is intrinsic because it's about your experience of something it could be a second thing which is about challenge it could be something that's challenging you trying to do something you've never done before at a time or in a place you've never done it feeds that point about experience and curiosity you might just be wanting to push yourself a little bit see what's possible knowing yourself and I know that's true of many marathon runners it's I just want to know what I can do because you never know and that's one of the things I've learned in my time as a running coach is to never underestimate what people are capable of you just never know and then the third area it's another C it's about control. It's about doing something for you. That intrinsic motivation is all about you, not about what other people expect of you, not what other people want from you. And in a world where we're all increasingly busy, seeking the demands of, I don't know, our children or our families in general or our workplaces or our friends, doing something for you is important finding some space for you and so doing things for you are great for building intrinsic motivation they're almost a luxury and luxuries well, it depends what they are I suppose but they can definitely be 
for you. For the sake of you. So how do we build these intrinsic motivations? So you've got that sense of what creates them, I suppose. But what do we actually do? Where do we go? So I think we need to head to our values, the things that make you tick, the things that make you who you are. We spoke about that way back in episode number 25. Right at the beginning, almost, of the rusticness of the podcast. Really think about what makes you tick, what works for you. It doesn't have to be what works for others or what others expect of you. It's like what lights you up inside, fires you up in the belly, gives you a twinkle in the eye. Raises the excitement level of your voice. What are those things? It's also about finding things that are fun and meaningful for you. So tasks, not tasks, practices. Hobbies, events, sports, races. Things that are fun for you. And then it's really about connecting to and believing in your why. So why are you doing it? What's important about it? And having that conversation with yourself about why your goals and your activities are important to you is really helpful to establishing how intrinsic you are, how how intrinsically motivated you are. And I always like to think that that's important because it's very hard to deliver goals purely on extrinsic motivation. And this is why I think that. I think that when things get hard, when we need to really dig deep, we've got to go deep inside ourselves to find the drivers. They sit in your heart, sit in your emotions, and your emotions are what enable you to push through when it gets hard, enables you to be brave. Because your reason, your brain, is stopping you. Your brain is trying to protect you. So we push on because we've got it in our heart and we allow our emotions to overrule our head. And in there, there may well be something external, but a lot of it's about us and how we feel. How we feel about ourselves. And the whys often come down to a connection to ourselves, to other people, but at a very individual level. It might be to show your children the way of, you know, be a role model. It might be to show your parents what you're capable of. It could be all sorts of very individual, very specific emotional drivers that become very intrinsic to who you are. And 
and then having established your why having reached into your values you know what it is that you're trying to do it's about creating habits around it habits that are going to support it and here's the interesting one because this is where we start to get overlap between extrinsic and intrinsic motivations so here's here's the story so in social media you'll see it there are people who post selfies after every run people who announce to the world that they've broken a PB and people who say oh I can't be motivated today can someone help me and those people are all getting extrinsically motivated but on the other hand on social media there's a whole bunch of people who are like oh god shut up no one cares about your 42 minute 10k no one cares about your 8k long run across a field where you got chased by cows no one cares that you can't be bothered to get out of bed this morning and that might well be true but it's part of the journey because it's likely that those those people who are naysaying are people who have been doing this a long time and for whom running is part of their life they don't need that extrinsic motivation they can just get out and go every day because it's part of what they do and who they are but not everyone's at that stage and in that place so it might be that you need to use some extrinsic, extrinsic motivators at the beginning to help you build the intrinsic ones and this is a little bit like one of my favourite analogies or metaphors for habit creation which is the microbes in our stomachs bear with me I've probably said this before but the way the science will tell you it goes is that when you give your stomach a certain food group and and get the digestion microbes working there are millions of different ones that do different things and react to different food groups so if you chuck a lot of chocolate inside you the chocolate eating microbes go oh great brilliant oh that's that thank you but there might not be enough of them because they're not used to it let's say you haven't had chocolate for a while so they develop they go right we need more we need more fuel we need more supplies more troops and once you've got those troops they're like can we have some chocolate please so they're calling out for it and you get chocolate cravings so you eat more chocolate and then more develop so you eat more chocolate and so on and that's why it can be so hard to give up stuff as opposed to reduce it gently over time but that's an example of kind of how habits can work but they really work off triggers so 
the trigger there is the chocolate into your stomach. The habit is the craving that the microbes create for you. And so the triggers become all important. And when you're actively trying to create a new habit, it can be important to base that around a trigger. So running it might be put your shoes by the door, or always go out first thing in the morning, or go to Tuesday night club running. You know, form some basic, consistently applied triggers, or create some consistently applied triggers. So it's really important to create those longer-term, longer-term habits that enable us to become intrinsically motivated by something that perhaps we were once extrinsically motivated by. And I think that happens to a lot of us in running. I think initially we're motivated by the medals, the, the times, the glory, the kudos. And then over time, we learn that running is so much more than that. And perhaps we learn that through the pandemic, that running is a really powerful part of our, of our mental health makeup. And I've said it before, and perhaps in the next recovery ramble, I'll go into more depth, but running creates adventures, it creates experiences, it enables you to do things that other people can't, or rather, enables you to do things that you've not done before. And in many ways, can be viewed as a bit of a luxury, a treat. And when it is, it's a properly intrinsic motivation running through the forest, listening to the birds. No one cares about that, apart from me. And this might all sound a little bit like I'm in favour of intrinsic motivation and against extrinsic motivation. And to a certain extent that's true. I do believe in the long term, over the short term. I believe in consistency over time and sustainability, and these are my values. But of course, there's elements that are about extrinsic motivation as well. When someone says they, they listen to the podcast and they enjoy XYZ, that gives me a bit of pleasure. So of course that's there too. And I, I suppose going back to being a balancetarian, it's actually about the balance between being intrinsically and extrinsically motivated. It's not one or the other. It's about balance between the two. And I think if you go too far in either direction, it's unhealthy. Just like too much of anything can be bad for you. And bringing that back to the marathon, the marathon helps with all of this. And this is really why I think the marathon is so amazing. Because it's a sporting event. It's a, an adventure. It's an exploration. It's something that can build deep-seated confidence over time based on your training, your experiences through the course of your life. It helps build your intrinsic motivators. But it is also 
gives you some external validation. It delivers on the extrinsic. And in either case, the glory of it, the beauty of the marathon, and we all know it's really hard. It's not 20 miles plus another 10k. We all know it's really hard. Once you've done it, nobody can ever take it away from you. And it can always be there as both an intrinsic and an extrinsic motivator. So there we go. The marathon. It is properly magic. Entirely incomparable. And I'm going to leave you there. I'm going to leave you with that thought of the marathon. But I'll leave you with Emil Zatapek. If you want to run, run a mile. If you want to experience a different life, run a marathon. Thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it. If not, hope it helped you get the ironing done. And I look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Take care. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 